Turn to your Bibles, please, to Psalm 47. Psalm number 47. If you're ready, say amen. amen. All right, one, two, let's go then. Go oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. For the Lord most high is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the glory of Jacob whom he loves. God has ascended with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of the earth. Sing praises with the sinful sound. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled themselves as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Hallelujah. Amen. The shields of the earth belong to God. Our God is highly exalted. Our Father, we thank you for this morning. You are highly exalted. Jesus, we kiss you this morning. Say, kiss the Son. You are highly exalted. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you this morning. Speak the word of God to us. In Jesus' name. And we declare as follows. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. The Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Good morning again, everybody. Okay, let's continue what we began the year with last time. Actually, the main thought I came with um, last Saturday, I didn't um, develop it much. I'm going to do that today by the uh, grace of God. Uh, we are, of course, this is our second meeting, uh, Saturday teachings for the year. Last time I began to introduce the fact that what distinguishes us is wisdom. But let's just take the, let's start um, the reading from there. We are going to start from the book of Job, Job chapter 35. I introduced this last time, so if you're not around, please get the message. We're here for so long last time, Saturday. All right, Job chapter 35. Now, Elihu was addressing the issue of oppression and how people respond to difficulty. That's the context. But in the midst of that, he taught us some wisdom, that is the wisdom of God was brought out in his words. He said from verse 9, because of the multitude of oppressions, they cry out, that is the people who are oppressed. They cry out for help because of the arm of the mighty. But no one says, where is God, my maker? Who gives songs in the night? Who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds of the heavens? He said, verse 12, there they cry out, but he does not answer. 
because of the pride of evil men. Surely God will not listen to an empty cry, nor nor will the Almighty regard it. How much less when you say you do not behold him. The case is before him, and you must wait for him. And now, because he has not visited in his anger, nor has he acknowledged transgressions well, so Job opens his mouth emptily. He multiplies words without knowledge. Now, there's a lot to learn from here. And I think the lesson here was, um, or is one that uh, we have been looking at on Tuesdays during our school of prayer. The fact that we must recognize God. We must remember God. We must never forget him. And that's the prayer lesson we began the year with. But that's not what I want to talk about today. Uh, or just to just talk, uh, say something briefly about that for a minute or two. In the midst of adversity, remember God. In the midst of troubles, remember God. Don't think it's your enemies. Don't think it is your... Uh, let's take an example Nigeria. I said something last um, time that there was a prophet that was speaking, and when he spoke, I said, God didn't say this to him. And the man came back later and apologized. He didn't hear me. It's not as if he heard me rebuke him. I, didn't, I wasn't rebuking him. I was just talking to people that I knew that I rejected this prophetic word. I haven't judged it. And the man came months later and said, I'm sorry, I don't believe I heard the Spirit of God right. And my reason then for saying what I said was that he, I perceive that is because of the oppressions of a set, perceived oppression, perceived, I need to emphasize, perceived. Almost everybody in Nigeria who says oppressed only perceives so. It's hardly ever correct. Hardly. All right? So, because of his perceived oppression of, by some people, he pronounced judgment. I said, that is the problem. He wasn't saying, where is God my maker? If somebody successfully oppresses you, forget him. Go to God. Say, where is God my maker? I hope you're getting my point. You cannot by yourself shake off a tyranny of a people. You can't. You can't just decide. And that's what Israel tried to do. They are the zealots. I know what finally happened. The Romans killed all of them. The zealots arose against the Romans. The Romans killed every single one of them. And because of them, destroyed Jerusalem. That's why Jesus warned them. <laughs> Jesus warned them about it again and again. Why? Because if you have trouble, remember God. They did not remember God. So he said to them, your house will be left to you desolate. Until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Always remember God. There's been a lot of trouble in this nation. Of course, if you know enough, you will know it's multi-headed. There's not one cause for it. The cause of um, violence in River State is not the same for the one in Zamfara. Very, very different from the one in Bono. Very different from the one you find in Oyo. Very different. Each of these I've mentioned, I was thinking of the reasons. I just don't have time to discuss them. Different one place to the other. What is going on in Rivers is very different from what you find in Zamfara. None of them, not one, applies to the problems we have in Enugu. I hope you're getting my point. None of these ones I've mentioned applies to the problem they have in Abuja. But you know what? Hear the word of the Lord. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. 
It's the same spirit. Physically speaking, the cause of the, for one problem is different from the cause of another. But it is the same spirit. So when you perceive things like that, you say, where is God, my maker? He can solve all the problems at the same time. But if you were to use human solutions, as you are solving this one, this one increases. Then you move all your soldiers to this side to solve it, then this one fires up again. Then you get frustrated. And like I said, until the church, now the church, until the church truly gets frustrated with human solution, there will be no solution. Until the church calls a holy convocation. Until the church, everybody on your knees, let's ask God for help. There will be no solution. Change government again and again, no solution. Gather around one man. This man is a former military, military man. He can solve the problem. Was, oh, you still, you still think there's help elsewhere? There will be none. The church, oh. Until our leaders go and apologize for marching on the streets in protest to banditry. How can church leaders go to the streets and carry a placard? Help us, O king. And the king is coming out and saying, from where shall I help you? Is it from the battalion in Abuja or the one in Enugu? <laughs> for whom will I help you? It is something we need to apologize for. That we did at the time. Even if those who did it don't come out to do that, the rest of us should apologize on their behalf. God will accept it. So that we are sorry. We have made you too small. We have believed in a lie. We have turned to men for help. Instead of us to activate your mercy. Instead of us to gather and say, Lord, where is God my maker? That's an aside. Why am I reading this? Please go to verse um, 10. But no one says, where is God my maker? Who gives songs in the night? Who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth? And makes us wiser than the birds of the heavens? Just by the way, I just want to quickly correct this. I perceive some people are just saying that you don't know what people are going through. That's not the point. That's not the point. I'm saying no matter what you are going through, this is the solution. Where is God my maker? That's what I'm saying. I've seen people say that eh, eh, it's because you have not been in their shoes. Whether I'm inside your shoes, your socks, your leggings, or your trousers, wearing your belt is irrelevant. There's just one solution. Where is God my maker? You can argue with me in your heart. Now, let me tell you what will happen. It will take you three years to get frustrated. And remember what I said three years before. And you see all your efforts wasted. You will see all your efforts wasted. That's why, like in health matters, I keep telling Christians. I thank God for doctors. They are good people. But if God has not spoken to you, leave. They can't keep you alive. That's all I'm saying. So he says, No one says, Where is God my maker? Who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth and makes us wiser than the birds of the heavens? That's a crucial point. What makes mankind different from the beasts of the field? What makes us different from the birds of the heavens is the wisdom that God has given to us. That's all. Is the wisdom. That is what distinguishes Homo sapiens 
from, give me the name of one animal. Some of you know zoo very well. I don't know much of animal names. I know, I know, what do you call them? Plants. I know plenty. But animals, I don't know much of their. What's that one for dog? Canoes domestica. What about lion? Lion, lioness. Leo, what? Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. God bless those of you. Those of you who crammed it for a while, you have forgotten. Look at you now. <laughs> what makes Homo sapiens different from Canus domestica is the wisdom that God gave them. I hope you're getting my point. Which the other ones don't have and do not have the capacity to have. I hope you're getting my point. Because what you can receive from God is dependent upon the capacity he built inside you. you look, you say, ah, the donkey spoke. If he speaks a third time, he will die. Did you hear what I said? That's what that made the donkey speak. If he stays on that donkey for a day, the donkey is dead meat. How can you carry the spirit that speaks? You can't carry it for long. It's not designed for it. That's the point I'm making. When some demons didn't get the point, Jesus tricks them. Jesus said, go out. He said, please now. Let's go into the pigs. He said, stay out. Oh. I hope you guys understand. He said, at least we'll not be stranded. Jesus said, go. As soon as they entered the pigs, the pigs couldn't take. Now, all those demons stayed in one man. He had the capacity. He's built to receive such spirits. That's how we are built to receive the spirit of God. The demons from one man entered a herd of pigs and they couldn't start, stand it. They rushed headlong. I, I can imagine the, the, the demons say, Stop, stop. <laughs> the demons say, Stop, we'll come out, we'll come out. The, the, the pigs said, Too late. They all rushed. And so that's it. It's everything you can receive. That's what I'm going to emphasize. But within the limits of what you can receive, hmm? or what makes man different is because he's able to receive the wisdom of God. He has received the wisdom of God and is walking by it. And once you start rejecting the wisdom of God, you start behaving like animals. You know, that's it. And then when God, when God gets angry, oh, he now makes you start doing what animals don't do. And right now, those who have rejected God, they are doing what even animals don't do. I explained this in my book, Worship and Sex Control, the first few chapters. That is not flesh. Is demonic influence. An evil spirit from God has been given to them. God commanded, go mad. So a man wakes up in the morning and says, I'm a woman trapped in a male body. And the law of his country says, recognize it. Then he comes to work with lipstick, high heel shoes. And then Richard Branson says, it's acceptable. You can be our crew on Virgin, is it Virgin Atlantic? Uh-huh. And I said to him, Richard Branson, you know I said years ago you would die bankrupt. You are activating the bankruptcy. Why? God just wants to make a point. And you see shamelessness. You see men with high heels and skirts walking like this <laughs> to promote the inclusiveness in Virgin Airlines. God said, you see, I have given you people over to madness. Now, all of you are mad now. 
And I will judge the madness. Oh, I will still judge the madness. <laughs> like one brother said, God punish me if they see my money again. That is, was that himself? There are 50 cobo. I'm not, if they are the only airline, I'll go by boat. But that's madness. That God gives people over to. Please, if you want to understand more of it, read my book, Worship and Sex Control. I talked about it inside there. So God gives wisdom. It's what makes us different. Now, next slide. Amongst homo sapiens, we said there are two types of homo sapiens. There is homo sapiens adamus, the natural man, the soulish man, according to some teachers I listened to. That the literal Hebrew, the literal Greek is soulish because English word didn't have any, uh, there's no English word, so that's why they use the word natural. So he invented the word, says soulish. So he calls man. That is a natural man. We call him Homo sapiens Adamus. But there's another race called Homo sapiens Christus. That is the spiritual man, the one that is born of the spirit. It's a different species of mankind. But what I want to emphasize is that what makes that, that race different again is the same reason why the whole Homo sapiens race was different from Cano's domestic, you call it, that what you call the bingo? Yeah. It's the same reason why they were different from the hawks and the vultures. It's wisdom. So, if God has brought you out of the world... It will not be practically manifest until you learn the wisdom of the realm of the spirit. I hope you're getting my point. So we can say it like this. No one says, where is God my maker? Who gives songs in the night? Who teaches us believers more than the natural people? And makes us wiser than unregenerated mankind? Did you get that? You will have the experience... Of animals, if you behave like animals, I hope I get my point. If you cross the road without checking well, you know the way cars kill, sorry, cars kill cats and dogs. You come out in the morning, you see a dead cat that has been squashed, Tom and Jerry style, onto the road. That's what happens to human beings that behave like animals. In the same manner, if any regenerated child of God, Homo sapiens Christus. A spiritual person does not operate the wisdom of God, but operates the wisdom of natural people, the wisdom of this world. The experience will be like that of natural man. Then we will start writing books because we lack understanding. I said, there's a curse in the family. The great-grandfather divorced his wife. The father beheaded his wife. Now, the grandfather... The father lives separately from the mother now. You now hear Christians say, my child cannot marry somebody from a broken home. It's nonsense talk. Yes, it is. You're just operating natural wisdom. The problem those people had was that they were operating natural wisdom. So if you're a believer now, don't be afraid of such things. Now let me give that word to you directly. If anyone is in Christ, he or she, we're talking marriage now, is a new creature. All broken homes have passed away. Every marriage has become what? New. However, 
please, they must learn the wisdom of God. Otherwise, the experience of the generations before will be theirs too. And it will not reinforce the negative things that the world is saying. Say, we have said it. I saw one man one day. (laughs) I had a good laugh. One woman, I think a couple had a problem. It was a terrible, it was in the news. I think the woman hit the man's head with uh, Omori Odo, you know, that kind of thing. And they're like, what is that? You know what they call a pestle? It's for pounding, that one. I think she, something like that. When you break the man's head, the man's head can the man's head can scatter, the man can die. I think it's something like that. So the old man was now speaking. He said, this is the problem. I will never advise my son to marry one wife. Say two wives is the best. I <laughs> the video for a long time. The man was say it, saying it with those things. Say, look, that this problem is because the man had one wife. If he had two wives, as this one is giving problems, he will go over to the other wife. And everybody will be happy. He said, I will never advise my son to marry one wife. The wisdom of the world. What happened was that he saw people, a man that married one wife who did not operate the wisdom of God. So he had a negative experience, thereby reinforcing the wrong unknown thoughts and concepts in the hearts of some people. I said it last time, I need to repeat it again. The problem God has now, you know, God sometimes has problems. Of course, it's, well, his problem, well, it's not as if uh, he woke up in the morning, he has a migraine. It's nothing like that. It's only when you sleep and slumber, you can wake up with a bad headache. If you neither sleep nor slumber, that will never happen. Oh, you're getting my point. Uh-huh. So it's like, he woke, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. His problem is always related to us. He has a lot of problems always related to us. Like, that's why Paul said one major problem he has not is that part of his work is not complete. <laughs> and what is that? He did everything complete, but they don't know about it. So he's now going out to do his share in completing that which is not complete. The only thing that's incomplete is ignorance. We are ignorant of what he has done. So it's not as if there is a problem with what he did. We just don't know it. So it's always a problem for him when we are lacking in understanding in an area. I hope you're getting my point. So when I say God has a problem, I know what I'm saying. The problem he has now is that he goes around and he doesn't find many of his children who are living by his wisdom. Yet, they pray hard to have the experience of his glory. Because if you want the experience of my glory, you have to live by my wisdom. You have to wake up in the morning. And what is the you know, strongest desire of your life for, concerning your life? Because we brought two things out this year. For, for our school of prayer, intercessory prayer, we said, in fact, funny enough, it's the same thing. We're just taking it there from the angle of, we are praying for the whole church. That come, house of Israel, let us walk what? In the light of the Lord. We said that that is the only way that what uh, Pi prophesied will ever happen. Let me just go over that again, all right? Pi prophesied years ago, decades ago, that one, Nigeria, now please, pardon us if you are not a Nigerian, just allow me, I'm preaching from Enugu in Nigeria. That Nigeria will be known for corruption and that has been well fulfilled. Very well fulfilled. That is, <laughs> sorry, just by the way, one man planned Nigeria, yeah. This guy lives in America. He planned this scam. I had to respect his ingenuity. You know, you see wickedness. You say, devil, you try. 
Very smart, smart scam. The guy tried to buy one at one UK football club because they listed him in Forbes as a billionaire. He was a billionaire, but it was all a scam. CNN interviewed him. I mean, he showed up on big, sit down like this. My God. When I read this scam, I said, oh boy, I have to, it's bad though, but you should respect this guy. <laughs> the guy's scam was so intricate. That is, he got some of the world's best auditors, companies. I've gone to the name of the, which one. One of the best auditing companies in the world. They gave his company a pass mark, except that the company does not exist. An imaginary company was listed on New York Stock Exchange. And his own share in the company was valued at over a billion dollars. And the company does not exist. My God. He was flying around in private jets, driving the best cars, living the best places, and there was no company. Now, <laughs> why I told you stories, the kind of scam, where would they plan? Eh? Internationally recognized according to the word of the man of God. We've done all kinds of things. The man of God said so, that it will happen. It's, it's not supposed to surprise you. It's not supposed to surprise me. The prophetic word had come forth. However, I said something. That word was not a wish. It was not God's will. He was just observing what will happen as a result of what the natural man found within the geographical limits of this nation will do. I'll be getting my point. That's natural. People say things like, you know, eh, in the Nigeria was better like this in, this in the 60s. You know, this is the structure. I said that was the British system. Yeah, that was what Britain left for you. Go to South Africa now. You see what black people do. Under apartheid, those guys made sure they had uninterrupted power supply. Right now, those guys are have power, having power problems that's making them begin to look like Nigeria. The natural man of the continent took over. They can't help it. Look, sorry, if there's no special light shining, see that country? In another 40 years, they'll be like Nigeria is today. They'll be. Some things we can't say them outside. People think that uh, you are putting people down. They needed the appetite to develop. They may, they may have done some things, but they couldn't afford this equality nonsense. They couldn't afford it. I know they did a lot of things wrong. But they built the nation to a first-class first nation in the world. They said World Cup is coming to Africa. It's the only place they could go. That was the only place they could go. There was nobody. There was no first day they brought. First time they brought the Junior World Cup to to Nigeria. First time. They started opening ceremony. Guys were still running. Ah, I said, who gave you World Cup? This was in Lagos. They were doing opening ceremony, national stadium. The boys who were supposed to line, you know, all the things they do, the dance and all of that. The thing has started. They were racing onto the field. Ah, I wanted to collapse. What's the name of uh, the FIFA World Cup guy? Eh, the FIFA boss that time. The one after Havilland. The one before this. Was it Blatter? Okay, yeah, it's a Blatter. The guy was so nice because the African contingent supported him all the while. So he said, no, let's give it to them. He made excuses for us. We didn't understand that 
when you are doing an internationally syndicated broadcast, you can't be two seconds late. We're five minutes late. No, but my Lagos guys didn't get it. He said, wait, wait, we'll go soon start, we'll go soon start. <laughs> it was international discussion. I think we're two or five, just a few minutes late. But worldwide, it was discussed. Because for them, if it was them, of course, you, those of you who watch, you know. If they say it's, nine, it's, it's, it's 5 p.m. Nigerian time, by 4.55, the guys are on the field in their positions. Their foot is on the ball. They are just waiting for that time. The referee has his whistle. 4.59.59 seconds. He starts blowing. So by the time you hear it, it's 5 dots. Boom, they kick off. So worldwide, all the networks go live. When they kick off from Lagos, bros. A few minutes, the guys were like, is it today? <laughs> Please, you may not like the fact that I'm laughing at us, but thank God I'm one of us. But we have to know our problem. We have to know our problem. So when we took over in South Africa, we brought it to it. The story I heard they want Tabo Mbeki ahead. That there's going to be a problem with power in five years' time. They didn't get it. He said there's no money. There's no, the investment necessary to prevent the problem in five years. They didn't make it. Five years exactly, they started having blackouts. They've not recovered from it more than ten years after. But what I'm going to say is what we do naturally in the continent. That is what our life is. I'm sorry. That's what we are like. That's what we are like. So we, we pray so much of what happens in the 60s, the 70s. In the 70s, is a car you, you know, just put off the engine. It's still rolling. What the, the British left behind, we're still experiencing it. But then, what we are like naturally continue to take over. And you want to know the truth? If it succeeds to totally take over, it will kill the whole nation. There will be no nation here after some time. I don't want to talk about, you know, the sociology of it and all of that. Let's leave that. Let's come from the spiritual angle. So, Pilatin said, all right, that is what's going to happen. Next line, righteousness is going to come from that same nation. And I, what I've been trying to emphasize to us, like we did on Tuesday, is to say that it's not natural. Don't assume that there's a timeline that, okay, after this amount of time. No. What he's saying, please, I'm explaining the prophecy so that you'll understand, is that when the gospel prospers and the people of God begin to walk in the light of the Lord, their own light will start shining in the darkness and that darkness will not be able to overcome it. And their light shining in the darkness will change the narrative of that geographical entity. It's not a natural thing. It's something that that has to be worked out by the church of God inside it. You can be quoting Pilatin, you'll be quoting forever. You won't get anything. But when you have heard what Pilatin has to say, what you will now do is say, okay, this is the work we have to do. We have to cooperate with this prophetic word. How do you cooperate with it? Come, house of Israel, house of Jacob, let us walk what? In the light of the Lord. That's it. Is our walk in that light that will cause that prophecy to come to pass? Is as we have been salt of the earth and light of the world. That is when Pilatin's prophecy will come to pass. He's not sitting patiently doing nothing about it. The natural man on this soil 
will damage the earth is living on. That's it. They pollute the earth with all kinds of things. The light of God is still what preserves people. Now let's get back to the what we are saying. So that's on the general note, you know, the nation and all of that. But in your personal life, hmm, God said, you have been delivered. My deliverance is not, again, please let me go over it again. Your deliverance is not going to the village and breaking the curse. You want to know the truth? God never breaks those curses. doesn't have the time. If, curse, if there's a curse in your family, one man laid a hand and prophesied, no, 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 no male in this family will ever do well. God will never break it. Listen, he doesn't have the time. He doesn't have time to be pursuing things that don't matter. They prophesied, eh, that's their problem. What you, you, may be, you must bear in mind is that the person prophesied against the natural man. And God doesn't have time breaking curses on the natural man. So when the gospel comes to that family, God has only one thing. Everybody in the family, leave the natural realm, move to the spiritual realm. Let's break this curse. For what? How does it concern you? It's like I have a house. I'm living in a house. It has snakes, scorpions, bees, and mosquitoes. And then I come to you. Please help me. Help me. What do you expect? You expect me to bring um, people to fumigate the place and drive away all these insects and animals and reptiles. I go there, look at the house, and say, this is where you live. Say, yes, so. It's been our family for two generations, or three generations. My father built it when he was working hard in the coal mines of Enugu those days. He said, eh. So I said, follow me. I think the new part of town. You see one beautiful duplex, you know, massive compound, you know, 3,000 square meters, only you. Ten rooms. I ask you, can you maintain it? You say, yes. I say, parking. This one, even mosquito respects my fence. Now, let me ask you a question. Somebody says, hey, let's donate money to go and fumigate a house. You say, why? Is anybody still living there? Is the question you'll be asking. You say, if you fumigate, the, the, the snakes will go away. You say, they will still come back now. Nobody's living there again. The glory of the latter house, are you getting my point? This is a latter house. That's what happens. That's what God does. Because what am I doing driving away? Serpents and scorpions from a house nobody's living in. That's what happens when you ab- abandon the house. Come to the new house. In this house, even mosquitoes respect the fence. You don't have to worry. Walk around barefoot. Don't worry. There are no, sap- there are no scorpions here. No, scorp- no scorpions. Nothing. Walk around. You can play. All the rooms are well air conditioned. Don't worry about it. And that's what God does for us in Christ. He says, leave that realm. Come out. Come out. Come out. I'm telling you again, that's why you hear pastors telling you, well, go on, I'm going to break the curse. That's why I preach where I do. It's not necessary. You want to go and fumigate a house I don't live in anymore? Yes, my great-grandfather lived there when he was working in the coal mines. I don't live there anymore. I live in a house that's ten times bigger. Bigger rooms, better amenities, everything. And this one's, we don't even have mosquitoes. But pastors don't gather people. They go and surround the house nobody's living in. Begin to fumigate. <laughs> Viper, out. Cobra, out. Scorpion, out. Centipede, out. Bees, out. You will never live in this house again. So Scorpion say, okay, no problem, we are going. Well, make sure you live here. You, you pastor, park inside here because you see, if you don't park here, we'll go around dry place seeking rest. If we don't find, we're coming back. That's what we do in those uh, prayers. God says, just come out from amongst them. 
it doesn't break curses on the old man. He does not. He creates a new man in Christ. And he lives in Christ. And those curses don't apply to you. The problem we have is that we want to hold on to, you know, the old life and the new one. And I use the power of the new life to be reforming the old life. And that is not what God expects from us. I hope you are getting my point. So, God says, what makes the new man in Christ different? Of course, remember I said the wisdom you can receive depends on how you were formed. The wisdom that a natural man can receive, a monkey can't receive it. The beast of the field can't receive it. We know that. But what actually distinguishes us from the beast is that wisdom. That's when you say a little boy behaving anyhow. You, you, sometimes you call him a pig. What does a pig mean? He's dirty. He's using the wisdom of a pig to live his life. You are getting the point. Now, in the same manner, the, natural, the, the, the spiritual man can receive something that the natural man cannot receive. The natural man cannot receive anything of the spirit. You are getting my point? The natural man cannot receive anything from the spirit of God. The natural man cannot receive things that are spiritually descend. Is that what Paul told us? Right to the Corinthians. He cannot receive the wisdom of God. He can't. However, what distinguishes the believer, the new man in Christ, is that wisdom. So that even though he can receive the wisdom, if he does not receive the wisdom and walk by that wisdom, he's not going to experience anything different from the natural man. The natural man cannot receive it. They are spiritually descent. I hope you're getting my point. The truth, you know, the truth about, please, can I give this example? Marriage as an example. Hmm? The truths about marriage are foolish to the natural person. They are very, they are very foolish. They are fo- See, if a natural man believes you, he will, he will f- be frustrated and he'll become hardened and angry with you after some time. Because these are things that can only be spiritually operated. I told a story that once <laughs> I saw Pastor Bimbo Dukoya on television. Of course, of course, some of you know Pastor Bimbo Dukoya. She passed on some years ago. This was shortly after I got married. My wife and I sat down in Lagos. We were watching TV. We were watching TV and she was being interviewed. She had another man beside her. They were talking of marriage. Hi. If you see how foolish she was sounding, worldly now, that is, to the world. She was sounding foolish. And I, feel, I was feeling sorry for her. I was feeling, if I was the one, of course, what I know now, okay? If I was the one, I wouldn't accept that interview. If at the point in time, I stopped, look, I stopped going to radio stations to be interviewed if there's somebody else there. If I find out that I'm not the only person, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. Because I found out that, look, at the end of the day, if there was a day I went with one reverend father, we were both Christians. So. It was the days of Cosmo. Because I used to broadcast on Cosmo, say, come, I think it was Easter period or something. I say one thing, he say another one. I say, well, after somebody had to call and told the two of us to behave ourselves. Yeah. Because we began to argue. One, one senior man, I remember the man. He called him. I said, will the two of you stop this thing? That was the day I told myself, I'm not coming back. If I, if I, if I said, well, panel, I'm not coming. Panel, call panel. Panel, beta. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I remember that day. It was Cosmo FM of those days. Because it became an argument. 
He was speaking from a leadership perspective. He had his books. He was quoting things. I was looking at the reverend father. What's your problem? I was trying to tell him, look, I said, Father, Father, leave this thing. I said, no, it, it, it became an argument in the studio. What's the young reverend father? I was like, you know, if you know Catholic priests, they are well educated. Oh, they are very well. Look, they are very well educated. They read. Look, they have two degrees to start. They have in, is it, uh, in philosophy and theology. You can't read that depth of philosophy and theology, and your, even if you were stupid before, eh? your brain will be forced into life. You, you, your brain will be working like a clock. You say, Reverend Father, you, you are seeing somebody who has read book. They have two full degrees in philosophy and theology, and they never start to. That's the foundation before you now go for training to become ordained. So he came to the, to the studio with all that knowledge, and he brought some books. And he will quote somebody and read something. I was looking at the man like, how would that solve Nigerian's problem? Like, like, <laughs> I, I, I was exasperated. I was coming from a spiritual perspective. Now, where I'm going with this whole talk is that, possibly but that day, my wife will remember, we sat and we were watching her, and I was feeling sorry for her. Why? She was explaining Spiritual thoughts to natural people. And they could not understand it. The man beside her could not understand it. And you don't blame him. They are spiritually discerned. The natural man, that's what the Bible says. It's not will not. But what? <laughs> cannot receive the things of the spirit. They cannot. It's just like, if you like, get the most educated, no, not educated, the smartest baboon you've ever seen in life. Sit him down and try and teach him to talk. Be there forever. He's never going to make a sentence. Where I'm going is that, just like that baboon cannot learn human things. In the same manner, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. So that day I told my wife, I said, Kai, poor woman, they are making her look silly. It's not their fault. If I'm the one, look, I'm not going, because two of them were speaking. She will say something, the other man will say another thing, and you see the man sounds so intelligent, oh, he was sounding so reasonable, and she was sounding silly. Why? It was the wisdom of God she was releasing. He was releasing the wisdom of the world. And the people of the world can understand their own wisdom. What distinguishes us is that wisdom. Which, number one, we have the ability to receive. We do. Once you have given your life to Christ, you can understand spiritual things. It may start little by little, but then you build on it. And you can understand spiritual things. You know, just by the way, if you come to my class chat group, eh, apart from, if you check all our chats, I get into arguments and I crack jokes. I never teach anything. So they call me bishop for certain reasons. They call another of my classmates a lady, pastor. Why? Because every money go post money devotion. She will post scripture. She still posted one this morning. Why should she trust God? Say, what's your problem? Pastor, what do you mean? First, they are all old men and women. In case you don't know, we left university in 1991. So you can guesstimate our ages. All right? 
Well, just so you understand, I was the youngest in the class, so everybody's older than me there. These are not small children. Why don't I talk? I don't cast holy things. Before swine. My parents don't go before swine. No, I don't. And I probably, the only way I can argue, you know, there are some things. I explain some prayers. I say, if you want to know, I say, please, private chat me or, you know, something about it. Not one person said anything. It was a test. I wanted to prove to myself whether I'm making sense or not. Whether my decision is right. They, nobody's interested in what I see. The only more, in fact, I told one of my classmates, very interesting guy. He said, Bank, I hear, I hear you preach on radio. You don't know how to preach at all. <laughs> yeah, he told me like that. You think I took offense? Of course not. The way you laughed was how I laughed also. And that's how I felt. I mean, I found it so fun. I had a good laugh. I didn't think anything like, what do you mean? I don't know how to read. What is it? The man that insults the rest of us every day for abandoning the legion of our ancestors to follow the legion of the white man. That's what he thinks. Is that the point that should annoy me if he says I don't know how to read? And if he told me why, he said, I listen to you. You don't even tell anybody how to hammer. He said it. He said you don't teach anybody how to hammer. He said, why would anybody be listening to you? We just kept on laughing about it. <laughs> of course, we argue on my viewpoint on government, about life, many things. They always get into arguments. I, I, but that one, the only thing I do all the time is that if you post rubbish, if you talk against the government, the way I will attack you, everybody knows. They want people to say, those who are just joining, say, please, watch out. If you want to talk about government, you have to check Panky's face first. You understand? And then, of course, when people bring out um, some points, you, you want to present people like um, some celebrated atheists there. I will show you how stupid they are. I will show you the silliness in their points. I don't expect you to agree with me, but let, don't come and harass us here. Don't think that we don't know what we are saying. We, we have people who can talk wisdom of this world. We just don't have your time. Why did I mention that? Why I don't bother is that, wait, the things I see, they're spiritually descent. I can't toss them into an ambience in which most people are not believers. And they will now be, to me, I'm desecrating this temple. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> one day there was something that came up. They, they tried to mock the issue of hell. Look, when I finished speaking, one, one of my friends private chatted me. He said, Banky, you scared me. I said, is that my health? I, I said, listen to me. God will burn you. You will burn for eternity and you won't have any compunction about it because he gave you time to repent and you refused. I really when I get there like that, everyone will run quiet. Yeah, well, let's go back to joking. But don't go near. You will go to hell. There's, there's no doubt that you are going to hell. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it at all. No, I don't, I don't sugarcoat that thing. One of my guys now sent me a chat. He said, thank you. You scared me. Eh? Everybody should be scared. <laughs> Why does all of this? The natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. However, the spiritual man that can receive it, this is where God has a problem. Many of them are not receiving it. They are not walking by it. And that is the only thing that distinguishes the child of God. Let me say this. It's not how long you pray. It's not. It is not. I told you last time about a man who said, of course, he had a terrible experience in marriage. We never heard his wife's side of the story. But we heard his own style. He came out to tell us, a well-known minister. He came out to tell us what happened to him, how he suffered. If I said at the point in time, his friends told him he had to get a driver. Why? He was having accidents in, on the streets of Lagos as a young man in his 30s. 
He'll be driving. He won't know that he's passed out mentally. He says when he hits somebody, that he'll wake up. In fact, he said one particular incident, the guy who he hit from the back, that one came down. So when the guy saw him, he froze. He saw he was crying. He said he told him, sorry, sir, whatever you are passing through, please try and sort it out. Enter this car and throw it away. <laughs> he, he, he didn't quarrel. He just, the guy just entered his car and drove away. When he saw that this man that jammed me, he's not even, he, he's not alive. Thank you, he's not around. The man is not around. So when he, the guy saw him, he realized that he didn't know what he was doing. So his friend said, look, don't kill yourself. Get a driver. Why am I telling this story? He said, the wife that he had this experience with, there's not one, there's not, he said, we were married for 10 years. I can tell you, there's no night he slept straight from 12 to 5 a.m. It's at least two hours every night she's praying. It's at least, he said, two to three hours, if I'm mistaken, all right? What I think, I remember him saying is three hours. You heard it? Yeah. Said three hours every night she's praying. But he also said, What kind of prayer? Die. Some assault. Scatter. I shoot you, I kill you. <laughs> so it's not how long you pray, that's the point I'm making. It's the wisdom you walk by. It is the wisdom you walk by. It's not how long you prayed, it is the wisdom you walk by. That is what distinguishes Christians. And like I said last time, look, that's the assignment you have for this year. To get up and seek that wisdom. Let me tell you something, eh? When you're a little baby, they breastfeed you. Do you know, <laughs> within a few years, you may not realize it, you are now on your own. See, but in a few years, you're on your own. You have to learn to say, I'm hungry. I don't want that one. I want more. See, remember one day, my little boy was, I think it was two. Was still small that time. He had been ill for some time, so he had not been eating so much. So this particular day, he had just recovered. Now, if you know the way human physiology is, the body wants to compensate for the times lost in growth. So that particular day, we thought the boy wanted to be carried because he couldn't talk. So I'm lying down. He walk away from me and go to my wife and be you know, stretch his hands to her. So she carries him and goes to sit down. He starts crying. He jumps down. If I get up, he comes over to me. So we're trying to train children. Please, anything you're doing, I better pray. So I said, this boy, you cannot always be kind. You are big now. Then later on, realized what was happening. He wanted somebody. If you carry him and you go away from the door, he, he continues to cry. He wanted you to go out of the door. Go down, make him something to eat. He couldn't talk. This boy suffered for over an hour. We're angry because, you know what? He just ate like maybe like an hour before. So it didn't cross our minds that he could be hungry. I think after a long time, his mother said, let me go and feed him. The way he ate the food, that's when it dawned on us he was hungry. So after that, once once he moves towards the door, you overtake him, (laughs) get to the kitchen, quickly mix something and give him. This boy couldn't talk. He couldn't explain. The boy already knew how to ask for food. That's where I'm going. His soul was craving the food. 
It, that day, we started feeling very bad that this boy suffered for over an He was crying all the while. What was he crying for? Food. But we thought he was crying to be carried. Where am I going? See, even as a child, you have to learn how to look, to wake your mother up at night. Mommy, mommy. You don't know children that do that? But there's one boy I knew, one of our neighbors, those days, 2 a.m. Ma, ba, ba. That's what he used to say. That was the only way of saying, I want to eat. But you know what it means really? I want to eat Eba. But it's not Eba I want, it's food. So the first thing I learned to say was, give me Eba. So you wake up during the night, you just go and wake his mother. Pa, pa, pa. So we used to laugh at him. Because we could see them. <laughs> yeah, ma, ba, ba. Telling you, child of God, you have to wake up and tell the Holy Spirit, ma, ba, ba. I'm telling you, you have to tell the Holy Spirit. That's one thing I noticed. God doesn't force the wisdom upon you. You have to seek her as for silver. You have to cry. I say, where is wisdom? Where is wisdom? Let me tell you something. Eh? In everything, no matter how trivial it looks, if you're having problems everywhere, you can pray, but cry for wisdom. You must. Look, in everything, it must be a cry for wisdom. I found out one major reason why God doesn't do miracles for Christians the way we expect him to do is I say, I don't want to do a miracle for you. I wanted to learn the wisdom that produces results. What I've been taught over time, and we've had that experience, that those who don't know truth, eh? who are, because you see what happens is that sometimes you reject truth and God closes you up. But those who don't know, I, I was reading Catherine Kuma's, um, I think God can do it again or something. One man he was deaf, I think, either both years or one year. I think one year. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't even know they had a meeting there. He wasn't looking for a church. He wasn't coming for prayer. He didn't believe in anything. He just saw people gathering. So he just came like, why are they gathered? And his ear popped open. I don't know where I get the point. He didn't, he didn't know who Catherine Kuman was. He didn't care who she was. He just wondered, what are these people doing here? So he went there like, what are you people doing? Why is everybody here? And boom, his ear opened. And he came into the hall. And we were taking testimony and he was crying. And he said, I can hear. I don't believe. I don't. That is, he was repeating the fact that I don't believe. What is going on? Why am I hearing? I'm supposed to be deaf in this ear. God does that for people. Those who have gone around ministry will tell us that they find it easiest to pray for the sick and get them healed where people have not heard the gospel before. And the said, the Lord actually told him. That he, did, he went to a particular place. He prayed, prayed did everything. He got very little results. He went to pray. Oh God, what is going on? He said, those people, that their own time has passed. That you have to wait for the next, that all this generation, they have to die off first. And he gave him the reason why. He mentioned about four or five mini, uh, evangelists, healing ministers who had gone to the city. He said, these people have come. I've already given my word to this generation. I have done the miracles for this generation. So those who did not receive them cannot get another opportunity in this their lifetime. So you have to wait another generation. This generation has to go away first. Now, does it mean it doesn't, now heal, it doesn't heal Christians? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. It now turns to believers. He say, hey, you, settle down. Forget looking for emergency miracle. Settle down and get what? Wisdom. That wisdom produces results daily. So regularly, you get so accustomed to it, you don't even know it's a miracle. I hope you're getting my point. 
Yes. So I'm not saying it doesn't do supernatural things in the lives of Christians. He just said, settle down, settle down, settle down. Concerning anything in your life, say, go and get wisdom. Most things are a sign that you need the wisdom that produces life. As long as you're on this body, almost sapiens Christus will not manifest except by the wisdom from above. So the cry of the heart of the believer is, what is the wisdom of God? I'm supposed to walk by. Now, let me say, wisdom is slightly different, of course, as you know, from knowledge and understanding. But deep knowledge and deep understanding will produce wisdom. What do I mean? Wisdom is practical. It's very practical. Wisdom is what happens when by knowledge and understanding you make decisions. I hope you're getting my point. I'll give an example. I read this from this man's book. Of course, these are common stories in people's life, but let me just give this man's story. How do you to know? He said he had, a, he had a business dealing with his fellow church guy. This guy is a church member. So he thought they were both Christians. They had a joint venture. The man was grumbling all the time that the problem, they were not making money, things are not working well. He said, the problem is that the demos, um, um, what is his name? Lotono put his um, family members on the job. The guy said, they are very reliable for me. They've worked for me for a very long time. I can trust them. If there's no money, they will come down until money comes. They must say, that's the problem. So he withdrew all of them, put them in another job. Replace them with people they don't know. The family did that job, they didn't make any money, managed to break even and close the business. But the other one, he took his family members to the made money. That one, I came to him one day and said, I heard you made money from the other business. I said, I thank God. He said, you know, half of that money belongs to me. The man said, how does it belong to you? He said, you took our staff and took them there. The guy like, excuse me, you said what? <laughs> Were you not the one? that said you don't want them and how to virtually sack them, but good enough, I have something else for them to do. He said, no, it doesn't matter. We had a business going. Any business you do at that time belongs to both. Look, listen, it's simple covetousness. It's simple covetousness. So the owner said, you must be out of your mind. Guys, all right, we'll see in court. (laughs) So of course, that's true. We'll see in court. Yes, I'll meet you in court. Only for him to turn around and the Holy Spirit said, give him the money. Wisdom. Wisdom, when I say wisdom, I don't mean that you know the tricks and techniques. No. Wisdom means you know the mind of God. That's what we call wisdom here. Let's get it clear. Holy Spirit said, give him the money. Take it like, what? Holy Spirit said, give him the money. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story that's going to make you laugh in a moment. My wife, this was last week, my wife said, Pastor Banky. When your wife calls you Pastor Banky. In private, just know it's thick. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you that story in a moment. So, I was saying, wisdom means you know the mind of God. So, the Holy Spirit just told him, give it to him. How did you know it's the Holy Spirit? A strong thought dropped in his heart. It, knew, it was persistent. I'm like, I should give him the money. It couldn't have come from anywhere else. He told Lord, you said I should give him the money. This thought came again, give him the money. So I went back to that man. Now, why remember what my wife and I explained last week? Is because you will say, what if Holy Spirit did not speak to me? I'll tell you. God did not want them as members of the same church to go to court. That was clear from scripture. So how do you survive 
not going to court. That is, how do you do if you are not going to go to court? The only option for him was to part with money. And let me tell you something, child of God, listen to this. Money is nothing. Don't worry about it. If they take all your money, don't lose sleep over it. God will have to be angry. Look, he will get angry with you. If, if, why are you not sleeping? Lord, you know the bank collapsed and I had like 3.5 million are there. Tell an angel, give me one kuboko there. Double, double this thing. The angel will hand it to him. On your back. Say, what did you say? Lord, I'm not sleeping because my money is in the bank. On your back. Say, what did you say? I didn't say anything. Say, good. What are you going to do now? Thank you, Lord. Now you are talking. Ah, thank you, I'm alive. Ah, thank you, you gave me strength. Ah, what about the money? You can bring two times more. Just trick the Lord, you know? Lord, you can bring ten times that amount of money. That's what I mean by tricking the Lord. <laughs> but you get my point. Just, no, he, he will be angry if you are losing sleep over it. Sometimes there are prayers you are praying. He's not, he's not answering. Why? He says a prayer about money. You are worried about money. Leave this thing. In the name of Jesus. That bank will not collapse. Say, what if it, okay, okay, wait. I want to punish the owner. Say, but my money is there. There's nothing there. If it collapses, don't worry. You go and open another account down the road. I give you 10,000 amount over the next two years. So what is the issue? Don't let money be scaling you. You will lose money, so. Say, they stole the money. Like Bishop Wedipo said, raise your hand and say, Father God, thank God I'm not a thief. Hey, some people are thieves in this their lives. Oh, now, wow. Me, I'm not a thief. And they stole your money. Say, brother, I want to rejoice. I have something for somebody to steal. Some people, they've never stolen anything from them. Why? They have not. No, you see, he said, you have given us your commandments that we should keep them well. Diligently, you will, you will find a way to keep it. The Lord told him, give him the money. So he went to the man. The man didn't have details. Of course, he could have declared any amount. He showed the man all the books. This was how much the contract sum was. Everything was $100,000. We spent this on this, spend of this. At the end of the day, total amount made $8,000. That's a profit. So how much do you think is yours? The guy said 50%. Brother, check, wrote him a check for $4,000. I'm just giving the figures a bit trialing. But this was really what happened. He showed him the books, told him this is the profit. How much do you think is your? The guy said 50%. He wrote him a check for 50%. The Lord told him to go. Like I keep saying, the other guy was a fool. There are monies you don't take. That kind of money, don't take it. Don't take it. He took the money. And he was totally out of business permanently within two years. He never rose again. His brother, whose money he took, became somebody we are discussing today. I think he died in the 80s. We are discussing him today. 30 years later or more, we are talking about him. One day my friend drove by. My friend lives in the U.S. I think this must have been in Texas. He stopped, took a picture, and sent to me. He said, Banky, your friend's university. He was just driving by. just saw it. to no university. So he parked and took a picture of the front of the campus and sent to me. Because he heard me talk about him. He became so rich, so well-to-do. Of course, he was a man that was giving out 90% of his income. 90%. You want to tithe. The guy's tithe was 90. 90. He sold the, a company he had to, I think, Caterpillar, one of these big companies that time. He sold his whole company and gave out all the money. Almost all. 90-something, 95% of God. He just shared it out to missions and charity bodies. And he had to, God blessed him so much. He manufactured, if I'm not mistaken, okay, let me just, I'll give you a figure, but don't memorize the figure. 
Just know it was, I think it's about 40% of all American hardware during the Second World War. Yeah. He was making tanks, earth moving equipment. He was making all kinds of things. Imagine American during the World War. He was making, he was making tanks, you no, know, armored personnel carriers, all kinds of vehicles for the United States Army, military. Yet the guy who took half of the money, what happened to him? Two years he was out of business. In two years, he was out of business. I'm talking about the wisdom of God. After the story of Mary Kay, Ash, who God told, look, he said, come and raise money in church. He told them, God just told, told, told her, tell them you will double whatever amount they give. She stood up and just said, hey, the Lord said, he just said, uh, you know, after speak, he said, please, uh, summary, any amount you raise today, I'm going to double. Look at the wisdom. The church said that, she thought they would raise about $5,000. They usually get like $1,000, $2,000. So she thought that we well, have spoken well. They will get 5000 And they had to pay immediately. By next morning, he had not heard from the church how much she was supposed to bring. He said the money must be big. So maybe it's about $10,000. Finally, she heard from them. They said, first, I want you to know. Sorry, we didn't call it yesterday because we were having a meeting. The meeting was to say, what do we do about the pledge you made in the presence of the people of God? So the elders decided that we hereby, as a church, release you from the pledge. The woman said, what is that? I made the pledge in the hearing of the people. I have to fulfill it. Said the money is $106,000. Even she almost collapsed. They said, okay, we told you that you, you can forget it. She said, no, I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to forget it. I made the pledge. I intend to fulfill it. And then at the end of the day, what happened? That one hour later, God gave her the money back. She, she was going to go to a bank to borrow it. And she still went. But one hour later, the money was back. Except that what came back was coming every month. About that same amount came to her within an hour. The following month, it came again. But the son said, that investment just hit. Your share is over $100,000 a month. Listen, I was saying something to you earlier about the wisdom of God. I had my wife and I were laughing about it. My wife said, Pastor Banky. This is the reason why I remembered it. Think of that, um, that story of Lotredo who said the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I said, what if the Holy Spirit did not speak to you? Remember I said that? I said, there's a scripture that covered it already. What my wife and I were laughing about was I, I saw a video. A lady was speaking. She said, now listen to me. Now please forgive me. Don't be angry with me. My wife said, Pastor, you have come again. You too, I know you want to say it. But understand me. Before you get angry. The lady was speaking. It's important you listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. One day, my husband was coming late. We were supposed to have dinner. And he was going to come late. And I was getting angry. I was already getting angry. And then the Holy Spirit now said, Why don't you ask him how his day is gone? You don't know what he has been through today. There's no need to get angry with him. And then the Holy Spirit, when, when, when she, he, he came in, I just looked at him and said, honey, you're welcome. I hugged him, gave him a kiss, and I said, how did your day go? And then he said, oh, you wouldn't believe what happened today in the office. And he told me what happened. I just thank God that, you know, the day now went well and everything. He said, you see, he had a Bible in her hand. I said, this guy, you want to deceive all of us with this Bible? Okay, go on. He said, you see, see the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I just got angry, put off the nonsense video. I told my wife, look at this rubbish. I said, don't be angry with me, right? Some of you are looking like, 
What is it that is bad? I said, let's, let's use common sense. If you see your father coming, does the Holy Spirit have to talk to you? As your father is coming, don't be angry with him that he's late. Say, Daddy, how have you been? Would the Holy Spirit tell you that? No answer. No. I said, if it's your boss, you, ex- you invited for a special dinner. You work for federal government. This is just the director in your office. Say, come and have dinner with my husband and I. And he's supposed to come by 8. He's coming at quarter to 9. Would the Holy Spirit have to tell you, see, as he's coming, don't get angry with him? <laughs> when is your husband? You need the Holy Spirit your head. <laughs> Can't you see? When is your husband? The Holy Spirit needs to talk. It's a sign that the witchcraft in your soul has not departed. Very annoying. That's at the front face. That day, I said, I was so angry. I said, this is how they deceive young girls. You know, we say, oh, Holy Spirit, leave Holy Spirit out. Open your Bible. First Peter. Is it first, chapter 3? First Peter chapter 3. You're talking about the wisdom of God, you're talking about Holy Spirit. Of course, of course, you know I believe in the Holy Spirit. Was that not the one I told you that spoke to R.J. Luther, you know? But I'm trying to give you the defense. The defense is that whether he spoke or not, there's a scripture. I hope you get my point. The scripture covers it. So please, it's not as if I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. What just annoyed me about that lady was the face. And the by oh God. God bless you. You saw the video? He said, so sisters have, you know, crossed leg, put by where, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. She says, I was angry. That's what my wife said. Pastor. Pastor Banky. I said, sweetheart, it's the truth. Tell her to have common sense. Don't heap it on the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. Let not your... Amplified. So, listen to me. A classic amplified. Let not yours, that is your adornment, be merely external adorning with elaborate interweaving and knotting of the hair, the wearing of jewelry or change of clothes. Let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. Now, I'm trying to go somewhere here. I'm looking for, well, I'm looking for a particular scripture. That's, okay, yeah, just the next verse, right? Yeah. Oh, no, this is not the one I'm looking for. But let's just read this. For it was thus that the pious women of old who hoped in God were accustomed to beautify themselves and were submissive to their husbands, Adapting themselves to them as secondary them, to them as themselves secondary and dependent upon them. Yeah, good. For thus, it was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord, Master, Leader, Authority. And you are now her true daughters, if you do right and let nothing terrify you, not giving way to hysterical fears or letting anxieties on. Nephew. Again, that's not the scripture I'm looking for. Uh, maybe it's uh, Ephesians chapter, sorry, chapter 5. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. Let me see what that's the one I'm looking for. Yes, Ephesians chapter 5. Chapter 5. So, Ephesians chapter 5. Notice what he said here in verse 33. However, let each man of you, without exception, love his wife, as being in a sense his very own self, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband. That she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates him, 
and esteems him, and that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. That's what I was looking for. If you believe this scripture, you don't need to spirit. What we spirit on here? Sorry. This is where I said that my wife is a pastor of bank. It, I found it quite offensive. I said, not because she did it, not because Holy Spirit had to tell her, but because she made a video, put a Bible on her laps. I was teaching us how to listen to the Holy Spirit without teaching us to obey the Bible, obey the wisdom that's recorded in scriptures. No, she didn't teach us that one. No. She didn't teach us that one. So I woke up in the morning, that morning, you know, my wife really annoyed me. So I said, when she comes in here, I'm going to give her a blow on the cheek. Holy Spirit said, no, Banky, you shouldn't do that. Ask her why she said, won't you ask me, Pastor, are you okay? You are going to blow your wife on the cheek? Holy Spirit there to tell you, you know, the elders should carry you, lie you down, flog you for having unclean thoughts. I'm not going to sit down and be making a video about it. Praise God. People of God this morning. Holy Spirit tell me I shouldn't beat my wife in the morning because she burned the egg. I don't know whether you're following my point. I'm talking about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. It doesn't come naturally. Why told the story of that woman is simply because I wanted to emphasize that we're not talking about you stop at the junction. Of course, Holy Spirit will speak to you if necessary. Please, I hope you're getting my point. Don't get me wrong. He will. But get up every morning and learn the wisdom of God concerning every situation. Like I said earlier, you have to know how to get up and say, I must know it. It's not something that comes to you naturally. David said, come, you children, and I will teach you. You need to come. You need to come. You need to come. You need to come. You need to pay a price. When I say pay a price, it may be money. Yes. It may be. But money is even the easiest one. That's what they call opportunity cost. You know, let me say this here. The problem God has, I've said it before, I just want to it in a particular way. The problem God has, again and again I say it, is that he doesn't have enough people who are committed to his wisdom. He doesn't have. Let me beg you, like Paul, I entreat you, brethren, be committed to the wisdom of God. Why? Do it as Work for God. The Father God, I want to work for you. I know you need, the cry of your heart is to have children that are committed to your wisdom. Let me be one. It's, in, it's an important prayer. Let me give an example now. Now, this is not the wisdom of God exactly, but I just want to give an illustration. The kind of commitment Christians can make. Let us assume now they appoint you into a political office or you become a member of an election tribunal. Now, you know the truth? A lot of those tribunal people are very corrupt. DSS doesn't need to come and arrest me for that. They know. We all know. Do you know the Supreme Court justices in Nigeria were collecting money from... I'm not saying this ones did it. Apparently, these ones are not doing things like that. But remember that time when they went to collect dollars? Yeah. Yeah, because they've been doing everybody... You know, even those who are angry with them are now praising them now. People have been saying, hey, defender of... The, I said human beings are very funny. If you don't rule on our side, you're a hater of democracy. But last week, I was reading paper. People were praising. Ah, I said, especially Kano. Hey. If you're a Christian, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen carefully. If you're a Christian, they put you in any of such offices. You will kneel down ahead of time. Before your brethren, 
the brethren present, the elders, you ask them to pray for you while you take an oath before them that you will not get richer than money you can present as allowances paid to you. That a bottle of wine you won't take from anybody. Chicken you won't take. They bring you meat pie you will not eat. They will now, you kneel down, they will pour grace upon you and say, go and do the work of God. If God doesn't want you there, he knows how to remove you. Whatever you say, stay there, stay there. Listen to the petition. Rule according to what you know is right and walk away. But never leave that place with a bottle of Coke from anybody. What am I talking about it? God needs people that will do that. Let me say something about the wisdom of the world quickly. There's a reason why the world uses their wisdom. There's a reason. And it gets, gets results. And there are pressures. I hope you're getting my point. So the pressure will come to follow the wisdom of the world. But you have to dedicate yourself ahead of time. That is the wisdom of God you are going to follow. What's my message today? Let me summarize it here. That you have to volunteer your life to be one that will walk by the wisdom of God just for one purpose so God can count you. Not for results. Not for blessing. Just that God can count you. That's all your, that's what I'm asking. That's my, the charge of the spirit from today's message. To recruit people for God who he can count. If it's your finances, say, Lord God, eh, I'm going to pray for blessing on that time. But today the prayer is that you will take my balance, what do you call it? The balance sheet. Look at my finances over the last, or over the next one year. Let's just be prospective. Over the next one year. And every expenditure will be pleasing to you. I'm not asking you to bless me. I'm just saying, find it pleasing. That's an important prayer point. Like we quote all the time. I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, not spiritual wisdom and understanding. I'm walking in a manner, what? Worthy of the Lord. What's the next line? To please him in all respects. If you read, I think King James, he said, unto all pleasing. You just want to please. That is, Baba God, I'm not asking you for any other thing. See, there's a temptation to ask you to bless me. Okay? I will ask for blessing tomorrow. But today's discussion is that I've heard that you are counting and there are not many. So I want to volunteer myself. Actually, not a volunteer issue, actually. Yes, because I gave my life to Christ. I entered into the army. So now I'm rededicating so that you can count. They say when you enter into where we are doing business in the market, you can't count 20 people and we are a thousand who tell the truth, who don't lie, who don't cheat. Lord, I'm not asking for blessing today. I just want you to be able to count me. The strength to be counted is what I'm asking you for. I'm not saying, hey, do something for me, uh, increase me. Because many times we Christians, what we do is that it's not our fault. We're taught wrongly. What we do is do this so that God can. Are you getting my point? If you do this, he will increase your business. Say, God, that's not what I'm doing right now. The aim is I want to be counted. Because I'm preaching now. Because the fact is that. The major problem God has is he doesn't have enough people he can count. Most Christians live by the wisdom of the world. That man I was, I was, I was telling you about, he said something in his video. I, I made mention of it last time. That he heard preachers talk behind the back. I've said it before, but I need to say it again. 
Again, if you are listening to us, you're not from Nigeria. Forgive us. Or forgive me. I just need to address some things. The major problem Nigeria has is with the church. The major problem the church has is with its leaders and the preachers. For that reason, the major problem Nigeria has is with church leaders. See, if God were to walk, and something just came to my mind now, and that gives me the conviction that doesn't listen to them. All right? If God were to walk according to how most of us, first preachers, church leaders, pastors, think, and therefore how most of us Christians think, you know what he would do? Listen to me carefully. He would take this country, parcel every inch of it, give it to Muslims, and walk away. You know what he would do? He would give most of us visas. He would send our children all over the world. He will do for them what he, for them what he can do there. But as a nation, he's not giving it to us at all. I gave a prophetic word here about three, four years ago in Oka when I was preaching. I said, thus says the Lord. If you want this country, I will give it to you. You want to hear the truth? Most people actually don't want it. Preachers. But they don't know. That's the painful part. They don't know. You know why God put giants in the promised land? Why didn't he evict them? He wanted to know whether the Israelites wanted it. That's all. The reason why he left giants there, he just wanted to know, do you want it? He could have done this, and the giants would have died. Killing giants was not a problem. It's in fact, if you know a little bit of um, biological sciences, you know that would have been an easy issue. God would just get a strain of virus that attacks only giants. <laughs> Blow it into the air. All of them will fall sick. They will die in hospital one after the other. After two years, the race of giants will be gone. The few you remain that will remain will be sick giants. And they'll just be a virus. I hope you get my point. Why didn't they do that? So let me see whether they want it, whether they want the land. If they want it, I'll give them. But they need to show to me that they want it. That man said, he said, look, he was talking to the preachers behind. Hmm? That when you hear what they are saying, eh? That you, now, the story I'm telling you, what he was talking about, I think I was in Lagos that time. I knew when that move was there. That was around 1994-95. How many years ago? No, that's not. 30. About 30 years ago. 94 to today. It's 30 years. I remember I was in Lagos then. I knew when that thing was up. I even went for one of those meetings. All right? That's one of the open meetings. I think I went for one of them. I knew when that thing was, what he was talking about. I knew. As at that time, preachers had rejected the country. Tony Bakari says something then. When Abdul Salami, Abdul Salami came into power at what time? Hmm? 98, right? Yes, so he handed over in 99. When Abdul Salami read his speech on the plan they had for Nigeria, of course, Abacha had just died. Abdul Salami took over a few days after the death of Abacha. And then he, he, he consulted widely. God, no, the Spirit of God was on that man. He consulted widely. He had meetings. See, it was apparent he didn't like what had been going on in the country. It was just apparent. So God had now dropped the leadership on him. So he consulted widely. I still remember that he went around. I remember the speech he gave in Ibadan. When he went to see, is it the, is it the second division that's in Ibadan? Yeah, when he addressed the soldiers there. I still remember that. He didn't use his script. 
I remember very well. I said, it, it was, Abacha always used to read the script. Abanga used to read scripts. Abacha, uh, uh, Absalom wasn't reading scripts. He just stood, and I remember very well. And he was talking to the soldiers, talking about the plan for the country. Had, all of them had to get ready to return to the barracks. The man consulted nationwide. He was meeting different, of course, he talked to Nadeko. Nadeko was the strongest pro-democracy movement that time. You understand? All the, the current head of state, that's uh, um, uh, uh, Ashiwaju, okay? He was a member of Nadeko. He among those people that they were looking for, that ran for his life. You know, his family, he didn't see his family for about a year and a half. Because he ran to one country, they ran to another country, and the rules of um, uh, you know, those asylum and stuff like that, it requires some things. He did not see his wife for about a year and a half. She was hiding in the UK, he was in the US. Of course, all of them came. Absalami talked to everybody, including people like Tunde Bakari and Co. Then the day he read his speech, Tunde Bakari said, Now, I'm not, he said it on air. I heard him preaching in church, you know, so I heard it on air, nothing is secret. Tunde Bakari said, When the man finished reading, he packed his bag and said, I'm leaving Nigeria forever. Tunde Bakari packed and said, This country is doomed. I'm not coming back. Now, I don't know whether he left or he was planning to go. When God came to him, he said, get back home. Otherwise, I enjoy you. So, reluctantly, he returned to Nigeria. Men gave up on this country long ago. Yeah. Can you believe he did? He said he decided that the country was doomed. Why? Because Abdul Salami read plans for handover to, of democracy. And did not call a sovereign national conference. That's all. Because they had told him, call a sovereign national conference. He listened to them, listened to everybody else, put all the wisdom together and said, no. We are drafting the constitution based on what already exists. And we're handing it over to civilian government. I hope you're following my point. What's the point I'm making? God said, look, the much of this country that's still with you guys, if you know what struggle I went through to raise enough people to just tell me, please. So when you see men get up and say, you need another plan to escape. It didn't start that day. They had been escaping forever. Look, let me just say, please, I, I don't mean to be critical. I'm not here to abuse anybody, but I have to tell you people of God the truth. I was talking about the wisdom of God. There's a way you reason. You just know that Sometimes eh, I, say, I tell somebody, I, say, I don't know whether, whether you are called to people I don't know. There's a gospel you preach. It's obvious not for everybody. When did everybody get, go to where? Where do you want to tell the average Christian that's from Taraba, Adamawa, or even Kogi here, who's not in your big church in Lagos, to go? They are the ones that have crisis. They are the ones that have bandits attack their villages. Where should they run to? Cameroon? Nije, where can they run to? As of today, when you talk about peace, Lagos is one place you don't hear. Have you heard of bandits attack Lagos? They get to Oyo next door. That's a Sunday boy used to fight. They don't come near Lagos. You're in the most quiet place. It's obvious you don't have a word for the whole country. My friend, Pastor Courage, when it was his turn, they told him, give us, he said, come. We said to where? This was when Jonathan was running against Buhari eight years ago, thereabout. 
That night, everything was tough. They said, come, come. He said, I can't. Why? I pastor a church for goodness sake. What happens to my members? They said, what about your wife and children? Send them. We'll send flight tickets for all of them. Send them over. We'll keep them for you. He told them, send flight tickets for all the wives and all the children in the church. I will send all of them. If you can't, leave me alone. It's not to, you see, if you know the mind of God, you will worship for the amount of peace we have. Why? Because we gave the country out long ago. The painful part is that we are the most self-righteous. There's one girl I used to watch. She, 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 she makes me laugh. You understand? I watched a few of her videos those days. You know, it circulates. I stumbled into a video once on YouTube. I said, oh, I laugh. Then the day I realized she was running all her commentaries from California, I've not watched one since that day. So you don't have any right. You are not in the grind with us. All her videos are about what's happening in Nigeria. Except that the joker is tucked away somewhere in California. And what gives you the balls to talk to us about what's going on? So that the bam, if YouTube recommends a video, don't recommend this channel again. Cancel it, block it. Please don't bring your rubbish to me. You're not in the grind with us. You don't have the right to say anything. You don't have the right to say anything. Where I'm going is I see. If you, I'm talking about Nigeria. If you know how our senior brothers gave up, the painful part is that but they can milk the country. Yeah, these guys are milkmaids. The cow is there. Bah, 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 bah. They are milking the cow daily. So this is how much you don't believe in the country. Shut down this. Hand them over to boys who are here. And go and grind in Los Angeles. Go there. Start a church in London. Stop coming, coming to collect offering in the Diaraba and then <laughs> I don't want me to get angry. You know, some of those things Jeremiah and Ezekiel will say. <laughs> it's not you understand. We have shepherds that milk the flock. We have shepherds that fleece the flock. All they do is cut off the wool. We have shepherds right now that milk the nation. That's it. The, you see, the nation was given to them. All they do is milk it. They feel like, let me milk enough in my lifetime. Then I used to say to my children, away. Then let the thing collapse. You now come to church and lead prayer. Please don't be angry with me. People are calling prayer. I don't answer them. Because many times I realize that those who, have, who say they want to pray with me, they don't believe anything. They don't believe anything. They don't believe, they don't believe anything. They took the nation and sold it long ago. They don't believe a word of what Pastor uh, uh, of Pyelton said. They don't. As I said on Tuesday, most people have forgotten God. And I pray that this message gets to many of our, and especially young leaders, arise, arise and don't follow the mistakes of some old prophets. Christianity is about sacrificing. To get the inheritance that God has pledged for you, you have to sacrifice. I'm just using that as an illustration of the wisdom of God. How we have gone by the wisdom of the world and lost inheritance in that process. There's a prayer I have prayed, and you see, I'm giving you conditions for fulfillment. And what's my prayer? In fact, this I told my children, if I tell you now, how are you? You say, it is well with me, I'm possessing the land. Yeah, you know, that's the new one I just gave them, was it? When did I give it? Was it yesterday? So if I t- tell you that, hey, when you, when you come in the morning and come to collect blessings, if I tell you, how are you? 
He will tell me it is well with you. I am possessing the land. Because the prayer I have prayed is that my children will possess the land. Amen. And you will possess the land. You will possess the land. You will possess the land. Because many times we have given out the land, given out the inheritance of God that he has for us. We are not possessing it. Sorry, please, if you are not in Nigeria, I'm just giving a message to the church in this nation. But let me summarize my message for today. What is my message? For the life of Christ to manifest, the child of God must walk by his wisdom. And that wisdom will not come naturally. You must get up to go and seek it. You will seek for wisdom. Like Solomon said, maybe we should just read that one and then I close with it. It's Proverbs where Solomon was talking about seeking wisdom as you seek silver. Let me st- there are different ones. There are so many, but let me just pick one. Verse 13 of chapter 3. How blessed is a man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of gold and her gain better than, the, than fine gold. She is more precious, that's wisdom, than jewels. And nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. Go to verse seven, 21. My son, let, not, let them not vanish from your sight. Talking about sound wisdom. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. There will be life, he says, to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. I think what he says is that you will not have cause for sudden fear to be afraid. Nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence. And we keep your foot from being caught. Now, I'm still looking for something else. Chapter 4, verse 7. I like in James here. He said, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Look, I've not found any rendering as sweet as that. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. He said, exalt her and she shall promote thee. And she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. I'm still looking for another. There's something else I'm looking for. I've not reached there. Yes. I'll find it in a moment. Aha, it's chapter 8. It's chapter 8. Please open to Proverbs chapter 8. That's the one I want to read. It's a cry. Yeah, it's chapter 8. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice? On top of the heights beside the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates at the opening of the city, and at the entrance of the doors, she cries out. To you, O men, I call. Please listen to this. To you, children of God, the wisdom of God is calling. And my voice is to the sons of God. You understand what I'm saying? Homo sapiens Christus. O naive ones, understand prudence. O fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips, so I'll never say anything that will not be a blessing to you. Now, please, for time's sake, verse 10. 
Take my instruction and not silver. And knowledge rather than choices gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all desirable things cannot compare with her. It says in verse 12, I wisdom dwell with prudence. And I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of God is to hate evil. Now look at verse 17. It says, I love those who love me. I need to read 15. By me, kings reign. Whatever God has ordained for you to reign over, you have to get divine wisdom. And rulers decree justice. It's not by desire. It's by divine wisdom. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. I love those who love me, he says, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Please, I want you to understand that. Those who do what? Diligently seek me will find me. In verse 32, he says, Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me. I'm not trying to talk about the benefits, but the commandment to seek. For blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instruction. Pay attention to instruction and be wise. That's what he says. He said, Blessed is the one who listens to me. Look at verse 34 closely. Watching daily at my gates. Waiting at my doorposts. Please notice it. Joyful are those who listen to me. Watching for me daily at my gates. Waiting for me outside my home. For he who finds me finds life. And obtains favor from the Lord. And he who sins against me. That is by ignoring me. You have to understand that. He who sins against me. Who don't pay attention to me. Who is not watching out for what I am saying. For the words that I am issuing forth. Who will not tune to my channel deliberately. He said he sins, he injures himself. And all those who despise or hate me love death. It's not what you think you love. It's what you are doing with your choices that you make. Time will not allow us to keep reading. But if you continue, you'll see the commandment was, Oh naive ones, come and learn. Safety is in learning. Safety is in learning. Learning the wisdom of God. It is what distinguishes you. If God says, listen, you may believe God for anything you like, but there's a wisdom that guarantees it. Now, I'm not talking about method as in, you know, if you want to live healthy, you need to eat like this. No, one of my sisters, whom you know very well, yeah, we used to quarrel over one thing. You know what the quarrel is over? Over the word, hallelujah, in a diet. They say, hallelujah, diet. I say it's blasphemous. And I still maintain it. Okay. You don't like the word blasphemous. It's misleading. You know, uh, Navdak, you know Navdak, will not agree to register such things. They say, Lila, you can't use that name, healing water. It's misleading. No, that's how Navdak does. The things claims you make, they say, Lila, forget it. You're not doing business here. So I, I argued, I said, no. When you call a diet, hallelujah, eh? it has put spirituality on it and it's fake. When we're talking about wisdom, we're not saying that you see wisdom of God is that you eat like this. Some people say, don't drink water before eating, after eating, that you dilute your enzymes. Have you heard that nonsense before? You know, the kind of rubbish, please, I'll finish my message. I just need to educate you. Please, let me just educate you. Can, can I do five minutes on that? Then we'll close. Thank God I went to school. I'm very happy I went to school. I'm very happy when I was in school, I studied physics, chemistry, biology, and mathematics. Of course, I had to study English. I'm very happy. I'm very happy I went to university. 
I studied medicine. I'm very happy when I finished, I went to this postgraduate and I studied where people learn process of diseases. So you can imagine how angry I get when I hear the nonsense they sell to human beings and they call it health. Recently I went to preach. <laughs> woman also came there to preach. So I said, what, sir, what is that? It's a senior person. He said, it's a cup. They pour water in it. He makes his water alkaline. I said, okay, you know, they just jobbed you. He said, they defrauded you. He said, I laugh it. I said, okay, you know, it's not fraud. <laughs> he said, it's true. He too was thinking about it. I said, <laughs> I said, what do you think drinking your alkaline water? I hope you know you have acid in your stomach. I hope you know. Some people don't know that the body is trained by God to regulate itself. Yes. If you drink water that has so much acid, your kidney will between your kidney and your lungs, they will expel everything. But your body has an intricate buffer system. They will not be sending you bottles of alkaline water. And you see the spending God's money. You see, that's the problem. When you don't give offering, you will buy alkaline water. No, people get defrauded. They say, if you drink Coke, you will get diabetes. You know, when I tell people this, a lot of them I say, I hope you know sugar does not cause diabetes. He said, what do you I say, it doesn't cause diabetes. People are shocked when I say it. And it not when Africans say they don't eat sugar. I say, have you ever seen sugar? How much damn good they give you in sugar? <laughs> Somebody's so gary with three cubes of sugar. I say, it's eating, you're eating too much sugar. Three cubes. <laughs> you never say, how some man chop sugar, have you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, how many of you know what they call alewa? Yeah. You ate alewa now? Yeah. That thing is pure sugar. We ate it and did not die. You know, they used to have colors. We just be causing problems for themselves. Please, don't let anybody deceive you. That's all I'm saying. When they try to sell you alkaline water, say, for the fact that you don't buy. There's one they used to do, say, come and buy titanium pots. Have you heard that one too? <laughs> You'll soon die of titanium poisoning. <laughs> oh, there's something like that. I'm just pulling your legs. But don't waste your time. People used to use pots to cook. They did not die. Eating well pots. You used to boil your beans a few times. Something will seep into it from the earth. And God made man from the dust of the earth. That's all you should be eating. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Please, don't let anybody deceive you. Eh? In today's naira, a set of titanium pots will be like two million naira. Why will you use two million naira to buy a pot? How, will you, how much will you use to buy the food? <laughs> the food you want to cook inside, how much will you use to buy it? I've told you. Just go. The, one, the aluminum pot you've been using forever is good enough. Please, I just wanted to drop that as I go because I still find people who are deceived every day. They gather all over this plaza. They first, they first clap and sing and worship all the, this pyramid scheme to collect their money. Now be selling the aloe vera. I hope you know aloe vera can't make you live forever. You are aware. Garlic is not better than onion. Stop deceiving yourself. Very soon, they will soon find out that turmeric is the reason why you don't see clearly. I'm not saying it is so. I'm just saying they will soon find out. This is how they just be jumping you up and down because you like confusion in your soul. All those of you that have gone this naturalist pathway towards eternal life. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's a reason I'm saying when we're talking about the wisdom of God, that's where I'm going. I'm not saying God will not teach you how to jog. Say, so why are you exercising? No, I carry. 5 kg here, 6 kg, and walk up and down the road according to the wisdom given to me for eternal life. That's not what we are saying. I hope I'm clear there. So let's not confuse these things. Those of you who say you don't take, uh, uh, you don't take drug by doc- doctors, but you take the one by people that are not trained. Thank you. Those Ogun boys that walk around town giving you things inside bottle. 
How can you allow half illiterate to put seeds and roots inside the bottle? Put one uh, alcohol that you don't know where it came from. And they pour it for you. You shake your head and swallow it. <laughs> Please. I implore you by the Holy Spirit. Don't wipe out your kidneys before the time. See that filler they put on the head. It's marketing strategy. When you see a man walking up and down the streets of Enugu with tribal marks and um, filler that he bent to one side. Something you just see that it must be... Mama Emeka, the evil man that married the Yoruba man. Do you remember that woman already? <laughs> Some, how many of you know him? Her. She used to advertise. She used that one to deceive people here. That you see that it's my father-in-law that gave me this thing. Her father-in-law does not know anything. Please let me just beg you. Eh? If you want to take medicine, take the one that has been purified by pharmacists. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, pharmacists have worked on it. They have packaged it between them and doctors. They've connived to try and help you. Please, if they tell you it's from China, don't buy. That is Chinese herbs. I know what I'm telling you. If they tell you this one, it came from the Amazon forest. It's a lie. All those things are targeted at your pocket, not your health. If you want to buy formulation, please go to a pharmacy shop. Or go to a hospital, talk to a trained doctor. They are trained to remove the bad ones. Their own too came from Amazon forest. Trust me, it came from herbs. But they took time out to sort it out, purify it, and give it a good one. Stop playing with your life. You know why I'm saying this? I don't know why I'm saying it again today. My message has finished, but let's just use it. Because I've seen people say they don't want to go to a doctor. They'll be going to stupid. People who don't know what they are doing. They'll use that for experiment because it's cheap. Some of them are not even cheap. See? What is wrong with you? See, let me tell you something. There are only two ways you can go. Hmm? Either you go with scripture, or you go and see a trained doctor who will show you a certificate. He must have passed six years, done NYC, then go for training. Ask him, are you a specialist? He said, no. He said, go and train. Then go to a specialist. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Don't let anybody be poking needles into your body who is not a specialist. Or is not working for a specialist. He's not right. If you want to pray, let us know where we are praying. Once it becomes herbs and roots, go to a proper trained person. Don't joke with your life. Because I find people mixing scripture with herbs. If you want to mix scripture with anything, mix it with the purified medicine. If you don't have money, talk to your friends. Let them gather money. Don't let somebody who you don't know, who's just there to make money. Don't you see them here every time clapping? Then they now give them packs, eternal life packs. They'll not be selling it to you. And what one you see, they, they make sure that it looks like leaf compounded. Is that it? Do you know some people are selling stem cell? How can you st- sell stem cell? It is not possible. You cannot put stem cell inside a packet. I hope you know it's easier to package blood than stem cell. Some say they are, they are selling, eating stem cell of plants. Do you look like plants to you? If you are going tomorrow and... and Sparagira grows out of your ear. You won't know where it came from. I was, I finished my message, but I can't seem to leave this thing. Because they have defrauded the fraud that has gone on people's health. You know some people, 
They be like dog with one lost. They know they hear whistle. All this one way where I don't talk now. Say Pastor Mark does not know it. Don't worry. I told the story of one man. If you don't think it's only the Africans that do it. They do it everywhere. Americans taking their medicine. Oh, they do. They do it. This one was a European. He read online. He wanted to have all the vigor of use. They sent him Chinese medicine. He swallowed it. And he continued to swallow it until he had jaundice. They now went to hospital. They said, ah, your liver has died. How did you kill it? They found that he was taking toxic herbs from China. Some mushrooms and some roots. In that process, now I'm not kidding about what I'm about to tell you. In that process, both kidneys failed. By the time I was reading his story, he was waiting for a kidney transplant. Having successfully received a liver transplant. The man, he wrote it himself. He said, there was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. He said, I wasn't sick. I was not sick. Please, when I talk about wisdom of God, that's not what I'm talking about. If you must use anything in a packet. Hmm? It, oh, please. Let me finish my message now. Don't let NAVDAC number deceive you. Having a NAVDAC number has reasons. If I, when I was in school, one of my classmates, a, a law student, one of my roommates, a law student, he told me that certain forms of false advertising is allowed by law. I said, what did you say? He gave me an example. He said cosmetics. They can claim anything. Nobody, that the law, you can't sue them. So you buy a cream. Say, this cream will make you look like Nathan Abbasi. They don't talk up. So if you buy this cream, rub it on your lips, it will sing like, uh, like uh, Choma Jesus. They, 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 they said the law doesn't quarrel with them. That it, as if the law says that if you don't get sense, now you get a problem. He told me, when we school, I said, are you serious? He said, certain claims that they make, once it's not harmful, it just look like this. You rub this thing, you start looking. That's why they will not get one fine girl model to be walking up and down and say, Joy girl, bath with our soap, you look like that. The law says, if you not get sense, to not say, you can't do that for you, we can't help you. So they allow them to make all kinds of claims. Joy beauty soap is so nice and soft, it makes my skin nice, sweet, and beautiful. That girl doesn't touch that thing once she's not on set. I hope you're getting my point. In the same manner, now that does something, many people don't know that. I, I heard Dorako really say this, not even this thing, that for the natural herbs, they give them, those people that package herbs, they give them a NAVDAC number just to supervise their packaging process. It does not validate their claims. I heard her say it. So when Osaheba tells you that, this, this one will melt fibroid. doesn't concern NAVDAC. Or NAVDAC, NAVDAC will give him a, a NAVDAC number to say he did not package this thing with cyanide. That's all. They have been to his office. He's clean. As for the claims he makes, once it's natural products, those herbal products, they don't validate them. They don't check them. They just want to be sure that you are not selling direct poison to people. If it will kill you in 20 years, NAVDAC will not know. And they don't care. They don't check. The rules of herbal medicine is very different from the orthodox medicine. If you know what the normal doctor, the pharmacist goes through to release a drug for you, you will not want to go near. For your information, the average, the, the, each new drug that comes out costs them on an average $500 million. Yeah. 
you will have lost like nine products that failed at, at stage three testing. So please, don't say, Pastor, the one I bought has no dark number. It has no meaning. If I carry a widow, pound it, dry it, and put it in tablet, I will get NAVDAC number. And I will tell you that this is going to resurrect your grandfather. <laughs> no, NAVDAC doesn't quarrel with me. They just say, she is a widow. I say, yes. Any other thing inside, say, small pounded, yeah. It's okay, no problem. I hope you dry well. They will check. If there's no bacteria, they'll they, they, they give me a number. I don't even know. See, I spent more than 20 minutes okay, on this. Is it good? Just to, okay, he said to save life. Okay, I feel good about that. But so when I'm talking about the wisdom of God, <laughs> that's not what I mean. The wisdom of God tells us how to apply God's thoughts and processes to our lives. Something like simple things like give example of forgiveness, overlooking the issue of money. All of those is what I mean by the wisdom of God. But we'll continue to develop it next time. Let's bow down our heads for today and say, Father, thank you. Let's say, Lord, thank you, thank you. I cry for wisdom. Say, Lord, I cry for wisdom. I cry for understanding. Lord, I cry for wisdom. I cry for understanding. Say, Lord, I cry for wisdom. That's what he says. Cry for it. I watch daily at how door posts. I'm watching. There is a word that I will operate by in my business. There is a word I will operate by in my finances, in my marriage, in my ministry. Yes. Because everything we are doing in life is a ministry. Say, Lord, every hindrance that is lack of wisdom does not align your power breakfast in my life. My prayer today is show it to me. So I'll be wiser than Homo sapiens Adamus, than natural people. Thank you because I have the Spirit of God. I have the Spirit of God in me. I can receive the things of the Spirit. I can receive the things of the Spirit. I thank you because that life, I'm alive. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to the Holy Spirit. You need to say that. I thank you, Lord, because I'm alive to the Holy Spirit. I'm alive to hear the wisdom of God, which the world cannot receive, but I can receive it. Because the Spirit of God is in me. I'm a child of God. The Spirit of God has been born in me. I'm born of the Spirit. You need to confess that I'm born of the Spirit. So I can understand the wisdom of God. I am born of the Spirit. I can understand the wisdom of God. I am born of the Spirit. I can understand the wisdom of God. Say, Lord, I am born of the Spirit. You need to say it again. Say, Lord, I offer my heart as a receptacle of heavenly wisdom. And I cleanse every wisdom of the world out of there. I cleanse away from my heart every wisdom of the world. This is how they do it in our place. I cleanse it away in the name of Jesus. This is how I grew up. I cleanse it away in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold that's obstructing the flow of the glory of God into my life. Say, Lord, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. You are blessed today in Jesus' name. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding, I ask the Lord to give you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every heart that's opened that desires to know. God is speaking. God is speaking to each one of us. Different positions of our lives, different things in our lives. God is speaking his wisdom so as to activate his glory. The ability to understand, receive in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will wake you up at night to speak a word to you. Amen. It will appear to you in your dreams. Amen. As you open the scriptures, the word of God will speak to you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That message you have played it ten times. The eleventh time you hear something different. And that will be the wisdom you need for this moment. In the name of Jesus. I bless this week for you in the name of Jesus. 
I call the week blessed in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. Safety is your portion in Jesus' name. As the word of God says, I prophesy over you. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. The Lord will deliver you from all troubles. From all troubles you will be delivered. You will not dash your foot against a stone. The angel of the Lord will protect you. He will guide you at home. Guide you on your way. They will guide you during the day and even at night. Even if you have to return one day very late, safety is still your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Be protected by the arm of the Almighty. In the name of Jesus. Now listen to me. Because you are a child of God, the economic troubles of this life will not be your portion. The Lord will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. Amen. Let me give you a word. Dare to believe that God will supply your needs. Amen. Dare to believe. Listen, anytime you see, maybe you wanted to rent a house, you were thinking you would get it for 500000 <laughs> The cheapest you've gotten so far is $1.2 Don't cry. Don't shout. You have only one thing you must do first. You will laugh. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. You must laugh. You must laugh. When they tell you, say, ah, find what you would like. This is just perfectly what you want. How much? You say 1.5. Start laughing. You're not mocking. You're laughing at the victory that God will send your way. Receive the victory of God in the name of Jesus. Listen, dare to believe. Dare to believe. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord will make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. He will lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, bless your neighbor. Say, this is your season. Hold the person. Tell the person, this is your year of peace and fruitfulness. Now go to another person. Say, this is your year of peace and fruitfulness. And it's your season of the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God. Now say to yourself, this is my year of peace and fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, cherub brethren, God bless you.